Show Show. It's the time of year many of us may become a fool for love. But don't be fooled. Being in a healthy, loving, good relationship can take a bit of work. Andrea Sirtash is a relationship expert and author. Her most recent book is titled Cheat on Your Husband with Your Husband. Racy title, Andrea. Thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. Wonderful. So Valentine's Day, lots of people have love on the mind. It's so sweet. And (laughs) we're all celebrating those great loves this week. So what are some ways to keep a relationship healthy and strong? You know, I love Valentine's Day because it's just an excuse to put our relationships first again, and so often we get so busy. So one big tip is to continue on a daily basis, not just on Valentine's Day, to make your relationship a priority. An 82-year-old woman I interviewed who had been married for decades, I said, what's your number one piece of relationship advice? And she said, the most important thing you can offer in a relationship is your presence. So I always hold on to that because... You know, when my husband walks in and I'm on the computer and I'm, you know, busy with a million things and I don't even bother to greet him, (laughs) I think we all get kind of complacent, busy in relationships. So just making them a priority is is really an important thing in keeping it healthy and strong. Andrew, one thing one of my friends does, the first thing he does when his boyfriend comes home, Mm -hmm. he grabs him every day and hugs him and lifts him up. Love that. You know what? First of all, that sets the tone for the rest of the night. So the fact that he does that, it's just, it's hard to get in the fight after that. <laughs> Wait, I want to comment on that, and then I have a question for you, Andrea. Okay. Um, the comment on that, when I come home, usually I'm like Carrie Bradshaw. When she moved in with Aiden, I'm like, I need a minute. <laughs> so, and I try so hard because Bill is like so excited to see me, and I'm like, I love you too. Give me a minute. But, but you know, but that's good too because at least you you know what you need. I mean, yeah, yeah. Th- the point is, if you said, "Give me four hours," and right, I'm right. See the rest of the night, <laughs> that would be a problem. Yeah, but no, let's that be way. honest. Like a minute, yeah. Right. Well, so my question was, because I know that you talk about sweating the small stuff. So what kind of small things help contribute to having a better partnership? Well, the reason I I mentioned that in my book is because I think we so often we think we need to do major things, over-the-top gestures, romantic things in our relationships and to stay connected. But it's the little things that will make you feel connected or disconnected. And actually, research shows we need five, this is a crazy ratio, we need five positive interactions with our partners to negate just one negative interaction. Wow. So, yeah, that's bananas. So I think, <laughs> you know, happy couples uh, do small things for each other. I One guy brings his partner coffee in bed every day. I mean, that's just such a small thing. But, again, it just helps them feel connected. Another person I interviewed sits on the porch every night for 10 minutes, talks to her partner. It's a relationship ritual they have. And let's be honest, when we miss people, I mean, I know when I've gone through a breakup or when someone's died, you don't miss huge things about the person. You miss the little idiosyncrasies. You miss the small moments you shared, the small rituals. So don't ignore the small stuff. That's all I wanted to drive home. I actually was chatting with a guy earlier this week, and he told me what he would love for Valentine's Day is for his wife to clean his pistol for him. Uh, that sounds dirty. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Andrew, you fit in so well here. <laughs> Another question for you. Is it fair to say relationships take a lot of work or should they just kind of happen naturally? Both. <laughs> you know, everything worth having takes work, even if it's something you love. You know, if you're complacent in any area of your life, your health, your career, it's not necessarily good. You have to take active steps to maintain things you love and you want to evolve 
into things you love and keep it growing and exciting. And so, yeah, there, there's definitely work involved, but it shouldn't feel like stressful work all the time. Part of the work of a long-term relationship is keeping the spark and the fun alive. It's not always heavy work. Yeah, we actually are shaking our heads right now. That's <laughs> why I carry two stones, like the flint. The spark to keep oh, it. Oh, I, thought you were kidding. <laughs> I thought it was for throwing at people. <laughs> <laughs> and your relationships—they're not always roses and boxes of chocolates. Particularly, even like during Valentine's Day, some couples they actually fight. So, is fighting a good thing? And if it is, what are the rules to actually arguing with your mate? Yes, I'm so glad you brought it up because I think happy couples absolutely fight. And couples who never fight may be, you know, not expressing themselves, which is really bad. So it's not that you fight, but how you fight that mm-hmm. will determine the, the health of your relationship. But we still, obviously, we need to pick our battles. So before opening your mouth to vent a complaint, ask yourself, you might want to do the three-second rule if you find you're always complaining and arguing. <laughs> Just count back three to one and ask yourself if you're going to still care about this complaint in a week. And if what you're about to share is going to be constructive or potentially destructive, that's a bit of a litmus test before you just share all your your negative uh, feelings about something. But you know what? Uh, It's normal to fight. Most couples recycle fights. So we tend to fight about the same thing over Over and and over. over, Yes. So that's normal. My therapist says, you know what? There's a difference between healthy argument and unhealthy argument. And it's all about having that healthy argument. Absolutely. And part of the healthy argument is listening to the perspective of your partner, which we so often forget to do when we, we're, we're venting our side. So, Andrea, we know that communication is the key to a really successful relationship, obviously. Mm-hmm. So, so what are some of the best ways that you think are to communicate your feelings to your partner? Communication is critical. I always say we know that when communication breaks down, relationships break up. So we need to keep talking. And also, it's not just about talking. I should mention this. Sometimes we communicate through our actions as well. Obviously, all of us today on the show are pretty vocal. (laughs) (laughs) Safe to say. What are you saying? (laughs) (laughs) My friend Steve and Dan, uh, you know, Steve is really outgoing and bubbly, and Dan's kind of a quiet guy. And Steve needed to learn that. Dan's actions in the relationship really do sometimes speak louder than his words, so Mm -hmm. acknowledge that too. But in terms of keeping communication up, even if it's just 10 minutes a day where you check in as lovers and partners and not just as roommates, um, and you don't just talk about bills and stresses, but you're actually just connecting, is really important. Andrea, a lot of people I talk to, it seems a big disconnect is about sex. And I could actually say in a past relationship, it was a huge disconnect. So how much sex should a couple be having to stay connected to each other? So the average couple in America has sex slightly more than once a week. This is the general consensus is that maybe it's one to three times a week, but it's really, I mean, for the most part, it's something like 1.6. I always think, what what does that 0.6 entail? Um, <laughs> <laughs> that 0.6 um, could be fun. No, that's, <laughs> the, that's cleaning the pistol. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it, it could be the really fun stuff. But, I mean, I think, no, I think there's no such thing as normal, like anything in a relationship. Sex may be something you have to negotiate, believe it or not. You, just because you want it daily, don't assume that your partner does. And but, but realize that if too much time has passed and you're never having sex, that's not going to be good for your relationship because your testosterone levels will drop. And that, not just men, women as well. Your testosterone levels will drop and you'll crave sex less. So the more time that goes by without it, the less you 
may want it from your partner, and that's a bad path to go down. I have down. never heard that before. Wow. That's so interesting. Yeah. That would be why after I work out, like if I'm in the pattern of going to the gym, I definitely want to have more sex than oh, when I'm not working out. I think it is like exercise, actually. The more you have sex, the more you want to have sex because it feels good. And, right. it really and then my abs hormones. are tighter, too. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Andrea, how do you successfully communicate your sexual needs to your partner then if you guys do have that disconnect? Well, I think you should be open and honest. Don't put your partner on the defensive. But don't preface it by saying... I hate the trap we've gotten into. Everything's going bad. You know, then, guess what? It's not going to be a good conversation. But I mean, you can ask. This sounds so unromantic, I know, but sometimes we have to be really practical about it. Ask your partner, are there certain times of the day or night when sex is off limits, when you're not going to respond, when you don't feel like getting down? Your partner may say, you know what? You always try to have sex when I'm falling asleep, and I need my sleep, and that's not a good time. So let's... Oh hook up earlier in the night, and you may find out some great things. So it's really important to be open and have an open conversation. Andrea, I have a lot of friends that are attached to hips and are inseparable. Can you tell me if that's a good thing or a bad thing, and how does that relate to outside interests? I always say that a good we starts with a good me, because I don't think you could be happy in a relationship if you're not happy. So. Focus on your passions, your outlets, and you'll be able to give more to your partner and your family. And I've interviewed at this point hundreds and hundreds of couples, and the successful happy couples say they have an active life together and a dynamic life apart. So I always say, you know, Jerry Maguire's whole You Complete Me speech, I, I, I'm, like, really mad at him. I think, <laughs> I think it's a really I, bad message for people. I agree, and I think it took me forever. I'm 36, and I'm now in a relationship where I had to get rid of that movie crap. Mm-hmm. Because I was expecting, oh, no one's telling me I complete them. So they're clearly not the one. You know, yeah. it was like these expectations from things that I was seeing in movies. And I know it sounds silly, but kind of really, you know, going in the wrong direction and realizing, no, it's just about communicating and finding someone that I just fit with. Absolutely. And that's that's a realization I think we all get to at some point that movies are entertaining, even reality shows. They're meant to entertain us, but we're not meant to emulate them. And we can get our expectations through the roof if we expect movie moments all the time. So also happy couples I interviewed said, there are moments I want to kill my partner, and I've learned that that's not a sign that we shouldn't be together. A 60, no, she was actually in her 80s, a woman that was interviewed on a show I watched years ago who had been with her partner for over 60 years. She was asked what her secret was, and she said, my partner and I never fell out of love at the same time, which I thought was really honest (laughs) and cool because, yeah, there are moments where you're just going to need some space or you're not going to be in sync, and that's okay. I mean, I think the important thing is that you try to be in sync more than you're not, and it's a ride. Relationships are a crazy ride. <laughs> <laughs> I think we can end it there. Mm-hmm. And, Andrew, I have to say it was a pleasure you having you on the show. So where could people go to find out more about you and your books, including the one Cheat on Your Husband with Your Husband? Sounds dirty, but we love it. <laughs> well, they can go either to my website. I don't have a user-friendly name, unfortunately, but it's andreasertash.com, which is um, A-N-D-R-E-A-S-Y-R-T-A-S-H. Dot com. And I've also written some articles for living.msn.com, so either one of those places. We'll find some links and put them up there so people can reach out to you and hear about you. Perfect. Wonderful, Andrew. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me. Okay, bye-bye. Bye. The Bo Show.